Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Just, just won, 
you know, the ACC championship, and, and he, he's not trying to talk about that stuff. The man was cleared. They're not, they're not pressing any charges. And she asked him around three or four questions back-to-back about that case, man. And that was just total unprofessional um, on, on my behalf. I understand that she has to do a job, and I get that. And I understand that that particular um, subject was newsworthy, and it, it, it just made news. But come on, man, allow the man to relish and enjoy this moment because, in all honesty, it could have been the other way around. And here he is at this moment and time standing here with you trying to enjoy the man's freedom. Or, you know, so his career was in jeopardy, and all of a sudden now he gets to move on and play for the national championship. We all knew that they were going to dominate and win that game. They started out slow, but that was to be expected because they were nervous. You got it. As each game goes on, the states become, you know, of course, increase. They become higher and higher and higher. I expect to see the same thing in the national championship. Um, the other thing, of course, is, is definitely the, the Ohio State Buckeyes. I, I just 24 games is 24, 24 straight wins is 24 straight wins. But for them to just go up there and just, 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 just totally not show up against one of the worst passing teams in the in, in college football. It's mm-hmm. just inexcusable. So, um, but yeah, man, that that's that's pretty much it. Okay, okay. What about you, FIFA? What uh, what stood out to you this past weekend in college football? Man, once again, just like last week, it's not if you lose, it's when you lose. And you know, I guess Kane kind of took a little bit of my thunder, but Ohio State, you know, they was ranked number two. Mm-hmm. Arguably, they you know, if you win that game, you make a case for. The, the national championship. You know, you play a top ten ranked opponent last week. If you beat them, now you have some, some credibility. To say, hey, we've been twenty five and zero. Right. Give us a chance. But now, you know, and and again, if this would have happened earlier in the season, you know, obviously Ohio State's schedule is not that tough. But maybe they could have bounced back. Maybe. But now. You know, last game. You know, you just played your way out of it, right? Yeah, that, that's 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 definitely something that kind of surprised me too. And I and I'll, I'll get back into that as well as uh, what Ken touched on in just a second. Uh, B, what 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 stood out to you this past week? We know you're a big Sparty fan, big Spartans fan. Um, outside of that game, I mean, what stood out to you this past weekend? Um, yeah, outside of Michigan State's defense. Dominating. I'm gonna go with a with a I guess a game no one really wants to pay attention to. I know I've been kind of looking at these boys throughout the season as uh, Northern Illinois taking a loss to Bowling Green. Yeah. You know I remember. Yeah. I remember you know yeah I, I can't can't remember the quarterback's name but I remember at some point in the season they was kind of gonna throw his name in the Heisman when Northern Illinois was making that you know undefeated run and but then they just get beat and and, and you know of course and they start a conference of their end to a unranked Bowling Green. You know, I thought that was a that was a shocker. I thought it was a shocker. Yeah, I think for me, man, I, that that one kind of surprised me too, because like you said, uh, Northern Illinois had been, you know, you know, one of those teams on the rise, um, mm-hmm. especially these last few years. Uh, I think one of the things that stood out to me, you know, piggybacking on what you guys said, I was, I was, <laughs> I think one thing surprised me was the lack of defense in the SEC championship game. I mean, like. It looked like at times we were watching a live John Madden football game. I mean, just, you know, mm. two guys 
sitting in front of a TV. Okay, you score, I score. You, you know, and, and there was no defense to be played whatsoever. Um, so that's I mean, you know, because you you think of the SEC as a a, a defensive well, not not I don't want to say a defensive conference, but you think of them as a conference where you know it's a bunch of strong teams, which it is. I mean, arguably the SEC is the toughest division in college football and has been, and, and the proof is in the pudding in the seven consecutive national championships. That the conference holds. Uh, that being said, I just didn't expect a game like that where it's just a straight shootout, and yeah. you know nobody could stop anybody. Uh, you know that's not really typical from you know SEC football teams, uh, and so you know that so that was a little surprising to me. I, just the lack of and I and I've seen Missouri play a couple of times this year, and Missouri was you know came in with much like. Uh, you know, Auburn, they came in on one loss. Auburn had lost early in the season to LSU. And uh, Missouri had lost to South Carolina in overtime. So, but it goes back to what FIFO just said. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's, it's all about when you lose, you know. And so, um, like I said, the lack of defense kind of surprised me. Um, another thing that stood out to me uh, was, uh, another thing that stood out to me was Jameis Winston's poise in the ACC championship game. I think he... For the first time in watching him all year, that first half, he looked like a freshman. He looked like somebody who, and I don't know if it was necessarily something where it didn't really look like Duke was was throwing different looks at him. But, I mean, he had receivers that he normally would hit on the money. He was overthrowing them. Um, Anytime you see a quarterback, especially when they throw down the middle and the ball is high, that means they're 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 anxious. They're they're, they're somewhat rattled, if you will. Um, and that was the case. He threw down the middle a couple of times, and the ball just sailed on him. So you know you're not getting your your base. You're not getting your feet up under. You're not setting and throwing the ball. And that's those are two things that he does very well, especially for a kid as young as he is. Um, you know, obviously the events probably I, we'd be foolish to think the events of the week. Um, I mean, you're looking at possibly uh, going to jail. You're looking at possibly mm-hmm. having to sit out the rest of the season. Uh, and, you know, Heisman down the drain, a shot at the national championship down the drain. I mean, some even debated that whether or not Florida State would even make the uh, DCF game if Winston was, you know, ineligible because wow. they're – well, the reason being is because their second, their second team quarterback is hurt. So – they're, um, so they'd be down to their third-team quarterback, third-string quarterback. I thought that the notion of that would be ridiculous, but, you know, I don't know if Florida State could have won with the third-string quarterback. But, you know, I don't think that you knock the whole team just because one kid's not playing. But that was just right. you know, some talking heads on ESPN saying stuff like that. But those those things stood out to me um, in particular. Also, like I said, just, go ahead. I'm about to say also – um, I, I just want to say a quick shout out to Duke uh, football head coach beginning coach of the year. I, I, hey, ten win season. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, ten win season from a from a from a, 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 a college that's considered a joke come football wise, and he turned them around and got a ten win season. I thought that was impressive. He deserved it. He deserved it. Shout out to him. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And like you said, put him on the map. Put put Duke yep. football. I mean, we we're actually talking about Duke. Duke football. football. <laughs> right. like, that's crazy. That is crazy. That's something that sounds strange about that Duke football. Um, right. Yo, Kyle. Go ahead, Kyle. go ahead, people. Here's the thing, though. There's a valid point with 
if Jameis Winston wasn't there, they're not a national contender, man. Like, like they don't. I, I, I don't think without Jameis Winston, because think about it, you have two of everything else. You can play with two running backs. You can put two tight ends out there. You put two wide receivers, two old linemen, any type. But you don't have two quarterbacks. Quarterback right. is a one-man position. He touches the ball every single play. You don't have him, you don't have a national championship. Simple as that. If he wasn't there, they don't deserve to be in the national championship. Yeah, but uh, but here's the thing, though, FIFA, and I, and I get that, and, and I understood what the I can't remember who it was on SportsCenter that said that. Um, I get it, but at the same time, do you penalize the whole team for what one person did? I mean, they still went. Think about it right like this: that at the end of the day, if he had gotten charged, there would still be one undefeated team in the, in the, in the entire college football. You can't deny them that opportunity to play just because you know one okay. kid messed up. Now, here, now here's the thing, right? If if the ruling would have came down, right, and they would have played Duke, and they mm-hmm. and they handily beat Duke without Jameis Winston, then mm-hmm. the argument is credible. But if they would have lost to Duke, or it would have been a struggle against Duke, then Florida State didn't belong in the national championship. Well, oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, if if they had struggled against Duke, yeah, because what you're looking at probably is. You know, you're not looking at uh, if you're looking at a national cha- the possibility of a national championship game. You know, whoever you put in a national championship game, their caliber is a little bit higher than Duke. I mean, let's just keep it real. So, you're right, right. yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. If if he doesn't play against Duke and they struggle against Duke, now if they go in and they smash Duke, I think you got to give them the, you got to give them a look. But I can understand how they would probably steal some votes like that. I I, I can definitely understand that. Phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, four, six, excuse me, 646-478-0356. You are listening to Dead End Sports, the best show on the Internet, the place where sports opinions collide. Um, I want to jump back to uh, what Kenan mentioned about Heather Cox's interview. Uh, Heather Cox, I think she ended up, she's a silent reporter with ESPN. She actually ended up asking Jameis Winston, I want to say five questions. Um, he answered them with, you know, same enthusiasm he did as each one. When she got to the fifth question, she asked him, uh, why did not he, why didn't he talk to the authorities? Why, why did he didn't feel the need to speak to the authorities about, you know, during the sexual investigation case? Jameis Winston walked away. Um, and if you listen to the audio, there was somebody there from Florida State that got on her case for asking him that because they weren't supposed to ask. Now, she came back later and said that, you know, that Florida, that they had been given permission to, you know, to ask him any question or whatever like that. Somebody's lying. <laughs> it's yeah, either somebody, ESPN yeah. or... Florida State, but that guy, whoever the PR guy was with Florida, with Florida State, he was standing right next to Jameis Winston. And I don't, and I couldn't really tell from the TV copy if he pulled Jameis's shirt to tell him to come on. But Jameis didn't want any parts to answer that question. Um, and I kind of felt bad for him because, it, it, you know, like Ken said, he didn't get a chance to relish in the moment. I mean, he just, he, you know, the school is playing for a national championship, and you know, you're gonna add, and, and I understand it's newsworthy. I, I get that, but. You know, sometimes these sideline reporters, we've seen it before. 
you know, they, they get happy go lucky, and they're looking for a, you know, uh, a, they're looking for something. And I, I don't think that was necessarily the time nor the place for that. Um, now, Ken, you, Ken is weighed in on it. Um, so, B and uh, people, I ask you guys, should Heather Cox have asked Jameis Winston about his legal case? I'll start with you, B. Okay, say, say that question again. Should she have Should she have asked him about his legal case? No, she shouldn't have. I mean, I, I completely agree with Ken. Like, I mean, let the man relish this moment. Let him enjoy winning the ACC championship as a freshman. I mean, yeah, like, I, I completely agree with Ken. No, she shouldn't have asked those questions. I, I was I was looking at that like, you old little, you damn wench. <laughs> I can't believe she did that. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was funny, though, that, she walked, that he walked off on her. I thought, I thought that part was hilarious. I was like, holy shit. He just walked off like, man, fuck you, bitch. All <laughs> so, right. I, I, thought, I mean, I completely agree with him. I mean, she was way out of line for asking that question, man, way out of line. And then, like, to, and to keep, and to keep like, you know, pressuring and asking, like, she was out of line for that, like, for real. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, people? What, what was your take on it? Um, man, I feel like, I feel like the other two guys, like, she, she didn't have to go, like, like Ken, rel- let the man relish in the moment. There's a time and a place, you know, maybe... You know, you know. Next week, next time he has an interview, you know, let the let the time pass. You know, um, but not 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 right then and there. Not right then and there. And then, like you say, Tom, somebody's lying. You know, if 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 Florida State gave permission, I, I highly doubt that. I, I doubt highly that doubt Florida Florida State said, "Hey, yeah, you can ask about anything, including the case." You know, so. You know, it is what it is. Um, it doesn't surprise me, though. It doesn't surprise y'all. Like, the era we live in. And I think he did the right thing by just walking away. Like, it's a moot point. Like, why do I need to Why do I need to answer any of these questions when I have been cleared? I am a, I am a free man. I didn't do anything wrong. Why are you asking me about something that is irrelevant to this game? Because I played in this game, didn't I? Right. I, I totally agree, man. I, I think it's uh, – and, and we saw it happen um, – it was years ago with uh, – I'll never forget it was uh, – it was Jim Gray and, and Pete Rose. It was at an all-star, baseball, all-star baseball function. And, you know, he asked Pete Rose about the gambling. And, and you know, it, it's a long story uh, thing about what happened with Pete Rose and the gambling and his, his permanent ban from baseball. And, and, I mean, I have my own personal opinion. I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, the fact that he's, you know, all-time greatest play, greatest hitter in baseball history and not playing and not in the Hall of Fame is, I think, a travesty, in my opinion. But that's another story for another day. But, I mean, we've seen reporters do that, but and I think you have to be very careful about doing that because, you know, you're on live TV. There's no, you know, there's nothing that could could have prevented him from cussing her out. <laughs> you know, I mean, he he was very cool and calm about it, and you really, and I think, and I'm not trying to make excuses for Jameis Winston, but I think sometimes we tend, to, especially people in the media, they tend to forget that these are kids, you know. That 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 kid is nineteen. We've all been nineteen before, and you know. And I, I wrote a column on DeadEndSports.com about you know we've all been as, as men. We've all been in that situation before. Not a situation where we 
took something sexually, but, you know, been in a situation where maybe where a chick was intoxicated and you could have had sex, you didn't, or you maybe you did, you know. Um, and we'll never know the truth as to what happened. I just think, you know, that it's, it's and, and trust me, Jameis Winston will have an interview. He'll have several interviews where they'll ask him these questions, and he'll be able yeah. to sit down and be able to eloquently talk about what happened or what didn't happen. And he'll be able to tell his side of the story. He, if he didn't want to talk to the cops, he didn't want to talk to the cops. Right. Can you blame him? I wouldn't. Have, he didn't have to talk to the cops. That's the thing. And the fact right. that he wasn't charged and, and he never actually sat down and talked with the cops, that tells me that there's a lot that lot left to be desired as far as the investigation was concerned. Um, but yeah, she was way out of line. She actually went as far as to take the Twitter to defend herself, and ESPN defended her, but she was out of pocket. I think. Yeah. She knew she was wrong. Yeah, when you got to take the Twitter and then you got your, uh, you know, your employer, <laughs> you know, trying to back you up. Yeah, it, it's not it's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. Uh, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. You are listening live to Dead End Sports. I am your host, 12 Kyle. I'm joined by my co-host, B. Ken Afifo from DeadEndHipHop.com. Uh, make sure that you check out our show each and every Tuesday night right here at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Blog Talk Radio. Um, conversely, the NFL just completed week 14. Uh, we had some weather issues. We had a crazy finish in Baltimore, uh, just to name a few. Um we had a a massacre last last night um, of America's team. Um, FIFA, what stood out to you this past weekend in the NFL? Man, what stood out to me is I know Mr. Mark Trestman is not trying to have a quarterback controversy, but look, he has a quarterback controversy on his hands. You think so? Because I think so. Because I th- I think here's the thing, and, and I was talking to my boy earlier today, and this is what I was explaining to him. Jay Cutler, I love Jay Cutler. I, I like Jay Cutler's type in terms of what type of quarterback he is. Strong arm, gunslinger, and he definitely fits balls into tight windows. He's when, when, when we're looking at that category, he's in the upper percentile of the NFL. You know, and I like that. But that type of quarterback needs to be with a certain type of head coach. And when you look at Mark Tressman's offense, He's a rhythm kind of guy. He'll get the quarterback in the rhythm, a couple short passes, a couple swing passes, and he'll take his shot. Cutler needs a, a head coach or an offensive coordinator more like Bruce Arians, somebody that likes to take deep shots, push the ball down the field, the vertical game. That is Jay Cutler's prime ability. Getting him to – he doesn't need a rhythm. He, need, he just needs to throw the ball. That like That is Jay Cutler's rhythm. So – as much as I like him, I don't. I don't think now he fits with Chicago and with and what Mark Trestman has brought to that team. I think McCown is more of he fits Trestman's system better, you know. I, and, and, and then I don't think Jay Cutler on his own is that much of a superstar. I think he has a super arm, but mm-hmm. you know, his decision making is what holds him back. So I think that you need to get him in a system where he can just unleash. You know, and, and, and get him the weapons so you so he's able to do that. But I just I like McCown better in Chicago. But I think Jay Cutler is probably a better overall quarterback. 
Okay, okay. So you think he? But mm. but here's here's the thing. I think, and I, I agree with you. I think he's he's played very well. Problem is that you just gave Jay Cutler a huge contract. You know. No, you <laughs> so, have no, I thought he no, just no, didn't he sign an extension or something like that, or is no, he on the last no, no, year of his deal? Yeah, he's on the last year of his deal. So okay, he's a free okay, agent okay. with with about a dozen other players this season. And okay. and, and, and just to put it in perspective, his um his franchise his franchise tag is around sixteen million dollars. Are you mm-hmm. really is Jay Cutler worth that much money? I don't know. I wouldn't get if I'm Chicago. I wouldn't give him that with so many other guys needing to get paid. You know what I'm saying? Like right. let's just stick with McCown. He's balling. He gets trust in his offense. But okay, so I would do my next Chicago. question is, FIFO, is McCown a better long-term solution? Because no. like, keep in mind that McCown has been a backup, you know, for a couple of teams. I know, and this is my thing. You let Cutler go. You use your first-round draft pick on a quarterback. Because obviously, I think that they, you know, is Chicago versus Detroit. And I'm going to stick with my city, B, because I know it's Detroit over everything for you. And I'm going to stick with Chicago over everything, too, my nigga. And, and I think the Bears are Detroit going to over the everything. playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so, so I don't think that they're going to have a really high draft pick. They're going to have mid to late round draft pick. And this year, there's really no really high draft picks at quarterback. I mean, you know, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you could find a really good quarterback, especially if because Tristan is supposed to be this quarterback guru as well. So if he finds somebody in the late first round or in the second round that he really loves, and then that's who you groom to be your long-term quarterback. Leave McCown out there for about a, a year or two and let, and let the, the, that, that rookie quarterback you get this year, you know, mature and understand Trustman's offense. Because here's, uh, Trustman is here to stay for a while. If Love you right. got about four or five years, Trustman is going to be here about another four or five years as well. And if you take a quarterback now, and you continue to win, that's a win-win situation. And you didn't have to pay Jay Cutler this big money. Okay, okay. You made some good points, man. You made some good points. What about you, B? Uh, what stood out to you this past weekend in the NFL? Uh, stood out to me is I think it was about what, about three or four games. I think we're getting a preview of what Super Bowl, or what this year's Super Bowl is going to look like. Yep. <laughs> snow. Exactly. Nothing but thick snow. The Detroit Eagles game, the uh, Packers and Falcons game, um, uh, um, um, the Vikings and the Ravens game. I think we're just getting a preview of what possibly this upcoming Super Bowl is going to be looking mm-hmm. like. And, you know, it's just going to be a snow. It might be a snow fest. We're talking about early February in, in New York City. In the state right. of New York, and you know they're already getting hammered with snowstorms right now as we speak. Right so, now, right. You know, ain't no telling what's going to be going on there. So, and then another thing I noticed was, um, oh, excuse me, I'm up for eating. Um, another thing I noticed is that you know Drew Brees is just a mastermind in the dome. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just I've, I've been saying this for a long time, man. You, you you get him out that you get him out that dome. He, he he's out he's outside of his comfort zone. You get him in that dome. I saw that coming. I knew they was going with Carolina's ass. I was like, though, Drew Brees is about to he's about to go out there and right. he threw what? He threw four touchdowns and threw for like over three hundred and fifty yards. Actually, he's now becoming he's a part of a uh, fifty thousand uh passing yards club with uh, Brett wow. Favre, Manning, uh Marino and Elway. So shout out to Drew Brees for for being a part of that club. So you know, Drew Brees always it's like it's, I think we said this last week. It's like if Seattle get home field advantage, it's gonna be tough to come out there. If New Orleans get home field advantage, it's gonna be tough to go in New Orleans and 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 outscore Drew Brees when Drew Brees throwing five or six touchdowns at, at the Superdome. So, you know, it just 
pretty much solidified my facts uh, on Drew Brees. Okay, okay, definitely, definitely. What, what about you, Ken? What, what stood out to you uh, this past weekend in the NFL? Um, John Fox. John Fox returned to the sideline. And 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 Denver puts up fifty. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 that, that's an easy connection that's to true. make. And and they didn't they didn't let up, man. They they kept going. And you know that that's that's big for them, confidence wise. You know, yeah, it was against Tennessee, but you know, I mean, still it's still any given Sunday, right? But you know, just the fact that they looked a little bit more comfortable, they looked, you know, like in rhythm defensively. I think they still have some things they need to address. But you know, who, who can score with them really? And um, you know, and, and the and man, the Patriots <laughs> get lucky again. I mean, how many lucky yeah. breaks are they going to have this year? So, and then losing Gronk, so which is unfortunate for them. Um, but yeah, those those are really the two things that stood out to me. Just um, yeah, John Fox returns and, and they put up fifty easy. Hey, they can. Yeah, they can. You think uh, Peyton Manning gonna break the record? He, I think he's six touchdowns away, and they got three more games left. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna break that. Dang, what uh, is that? Uh, uh, Brady's record? Brady's record. Yeah. Brady's okay. Record. Wow. Wow. He, I didn't know he was that close. He, okay. I think I think he, yeah, he's five touchdowns from tying it, but I think he's six from breaking it, and then he only got three games left, so. Yeah, he can he can easily get that. He can probably get that shit in one game. Yeah, yeah, he he's he can. He definitely can. Um, man, what stood out to me? Uh, uh B kind of stole some of my thunder, man. I, it, what we saw in Philadelphia and and in Baltimore and in DC, I mean, a major snowstorm um hit the East Coast. Um and I think we really could see that in February. And I don't know how I Trust me, it, it looks good on TV, <laughs> but the yeah, quality of play, it's just not the yeah. same when you're around, slushing around. And it's not, now, fortunately, I've never played a football game in snow, so I, I can't tell you how good or how bad the traction is or anything like that, but I can tell you this. You know, it, it looks good on TV, and, you know, and, and the purists will say, well, yeah, that's how the game is supposed to be played. It's supposed to be played, you know, outdoors, blah, 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 blah. But this is the Super Bowl. I mean, you want it at, I don't know that people would necessarily want to see a 10-7 Super Bowl. I don't know that that's necessarily great for ratings. Um, the NFL came out yesterday and said that there will be no tailgating at MetLife Stadium parking lot, which is crazy to me. How the hell do you I, – I can't imagine not having a game and you can't break out your grill or anything. They said you could eat, but you got to eat in your car. I mean, like, what kind of shit is that? I, 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 I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Um but uh, but as far as what stood out this past weekend, like I said, the snow—that's um, what we're—that's what we're probably going to be in for as far as the Super Bowl is concerned. Um, another thing that stood out to me again, um, and I hate to say it because I've always said that there's not one 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 bad call doesn't necessarily determine a game, um, but there were some bad calls this this past weekend and some blatant ones. And the most obvious one was the, the pseudo-pass interference call against uh, the Browns uh, that allowed the Patriots to score, and then they got the onside kick, and then they scored again. Um, you know, we got a motto, bad teams always find a way to lose. And so, you know, you kind of expect it from the Browns. But at the same time, just a few weeks ago, the Patriots were crying and bitching and moaning about the call that didn't happen against Gronkowski uh, when they played at Carolina, and they lost in the final seconds. So, 
um, bad officiating, man. And I, I really think it's not bad to the level of replacement refs, but I think it's it's pretty bad. You know, when you miss calls like that, uh, there was a call in the um, in the uh, Philadelphia Detroit game where I think it was Sue hit Nick Foles, but it was just a, it was a clean hit, and they flagged him for like personal foul. I mean, like it just crazy. Um, but the bad officiating is a concern because we're getting closer and closer to playoff time, and it's going to cost somebody a game. And you can't – there's no reprieve once you come back and, and, and a game is lost and you say, oh, well, hey, we missed this call. You know, that's what you get paid for. I mean, referees yep. get paid very well, I might add, in the NFL. And, and they don't even work full-time. They're part-time. So um, I, that is a huge concern of my – going forward and I and my team isn't going to be in the playoffs but just for the love of the game and the sanctity of the game man I think you know we could see some bad calls and we're going to see one or two bad calls that could cost somebody a playoff spot or a playoff game um I'm trying to think what else stood out to me uh the Texans lost again um <laughs> I mean that and, and man shout out to Gary Kubiak man I, I got to ask you guys this question. I know we, this is something we're going to spend a whole bunch of time on talking about it, but, I mean, were the Texans wrong for firing? I mean, the man had a stroke like a month ago on the field. No, man. And they fired it's business. him. This business, not personal. Oh, man, damn. I, I feel you, FIFO, but damn, I mean, the man had a stroke. I feel you. I feel you. And, and you know, we, we took care of you, and, and you're going to get some money and all that, but... Nah, man, like, this, this is business. And the business is is that you're losing and you're costing me money and the team is not responding to you and we haven't reached our potential under your, your thumb. So, bye-bye, sir. And I wanted to make a point, too, Kyle, on the point of what you were saying on the Super Bowl being outdoors. Now, I understand being indoors and, and in good weather and all that, but that gives certain advantages to certain teams like we just mm-hmm. said. In the dome you cannot beat Drew Brees. You see what I'm saying? But probably right. in that slush you're not gonna beat San Fran or Seattle or maybe even Chicago. Or Detroit maybe. Well not Detroit likes to throw the ball too much. But Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, so so that gives advantages to teams that don't normally have advantages. You got you got a good so, point there. You you got a good point there. I, I think so, it's just, and you know, I think maybe it's it's because as fans we're used to certain things, and we're used to seeing the games either indoors or in some place warm like Florida or California. Uh, it, it's just I, like I said, I, you you're asking for it if you're going to New York in February. <laughs> you had, I mean, they're getting bad. Like B said, they're getting bad weather now, and it's just December. It's the winter is just getting started there. So, you know, when you add that to the fact you can't tailgate, you know, they got Bruno Mars at halftime. I mean, it's not a game I would want to sit and watch. I mean, even unless my team was playing. I mean, I'm going to sit and watch it on TV, but I'm saying in person. Um, Phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. I am your host, 12 Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-host, B, FIFO, and Ken from Dead End Hip Hop. We are Dead End Sports. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, don't just listen to the show. Be a part of the show. Hit us up. Give us a call. Uh, 
888-346-0356 right now. Um, let's jump to the NBA. Um, Kobe Bean Bryant. Kobe is back. Much to the chagrin of FIFO, uh, Kobe's back. <laughs> uh, so I'll start with you, uh, you first, FIFO. Um, what kind of numbers, realistically, do you expect him to put up? I think from now to the end of the season, obviously, obviously the um, his numbers are always going to increase. He is a great player. I never like, and people always say I don't like Kobe. I like Kobe. I just don't think that he is—he's up there. But there's other people right now that are just better than him. You know what I'm saying? I give him all the respect in the world. Five chips, but like, hey man, Kobe is Kobe. Kobe's nothing else. And I just think that he's going to increase every month, every month. But realistically, by the end of the season, man, you'll probably see him average about 18 or 19 points a game. Okay. Um, you know, you, you, you're not going to see an explosive Kobe. He's going to really, you know, rely on jump shots and pump face. Like, what you've seen now, is he's going to get a little bit more efficient. But let's be honest, like, he's a 45% field goal shooter for his career. He takes a lot of hard shots and bad shots and makes a lot of them. And he misses a lot of them. He's a volume scorer. And I think that, you know, we're not going to see – you know, what Kobe is going to be close to for about almost, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, close to a month. Like, man, we're, we're talking in the series, and the fact that he's just out there now is remarkable. You know, right. but he, but he's going to take time to work in. Like, this is basketball, you know. And, and, and you know what? He might have a game where he just spazzes out for 45. Right, right, right. Because he's Kobe Bryant. You know what I'm saying? But that's not going to be the norm for him. You know, like, because isn't he, like, in NBA history, the, the, the highest points per game in February? Don't he average, like, 30-some-odd points in February for some reason? So is he going to do that this year? I doubt it. But if he does, it doesn't surprise me because it is Kobe Bryant. You know, so he, he'll be all right. They, they, they sure not making the playoffs, though. <laughs> hey, now, you know, if you, see, I, I agree with you on that. I, I, I can't see them making the playoffs. Um B, what 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 do you think? Uh, like I said, Kobe's back. What what realistically, what kind of numbers do you think he's going to put up? Uh, I think he might average points wise. I think he might put up like about maybe twenty two, twenty three a game. Uh, probably average like about four and a half assists. Yeah, and and probably you know probably about four rebounds. Twenty three, four and four. That's what I, that's what I say. Okay, okay. Uh, you think the Lakers make the playoffs with on on the back of Kobe? I mean, it depends on how it depends on how Kobe turned up, you know, towards that second half of the season, getting towards the All Star uh, after the All Star break. It depends on where the Lakers sit at, you know. If they like a, if they're barely eight seed or whatever, I don't, I don't know. But like if they if they sitting at a like a, a six seed or maybe a five, which I definitely don't see, I can I can see him still, you know, keeping them up in it and they make the make the playoffs as a seven seed or something like that. But as of right now, no, I don't see them making the playoffs. Not right now. But it's, you okay. know, it's still hard to bet. It's still hard to bet against Kobe, man. Like I said, when he turned it up, I know I give him a couple of months, and when he get back to Kobe mode, you know, he ain't no telling. And you know, if he if the other guys start balling, you know, they might they might be an eight or a seven seed in the, in, the, in the West. Okay, okay, okay. What about you, Ken? Um, yeah, you know, um, I think they'll find a way to. Oh man, I don't know that the, the West is tough. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough, and 
it depends on where they're at in this All-Star break, man. It really does. Yeah, it helps that they are at 500, you know, without Kobe. and But I, I don't think they'll get better with Kobe, mainly because, you know, he, he's going to take a lot of the shots. And I think he may yep. end up disrupting a lot of the, um, you know, the offense. But um, as far as number-wise, number, number wise, I mean, you can, you can pencil him in for... You know, anywhere from 22 to 25, 5 and 5 um, this year. Okay, okay. I, I think um, I, I agree with you guys. I'm a little, I'm kind of like in the middle. I'm going to go with 20 points right now. Um, his assist probably probably will be up a little bit. Um, you know, but but much like FIFA nailed it on that point. And, and I thought I was the only one, like, Kobe not only takes tough shots, but he takes some crazy ass. Now sometimes they go in, you know. But he, you know, when you're taking that shot with the, the triple, when you triple clutching, fading away, shooting a three, I mean, it's just not a good basketball shot. I mean, he's Kobe. He's, you know, he can take whatever shot he wants. But um, you know, hopefully he takes better shots because this team is gonna, you know, he doesn't have that other guy to kind of carry him. You don't know what you're gonna get from Powell night in and night out. Uh, Nash. I mean, hell, we don't know when he's going to play again. Um, so you just don't know. So I think it's going to be incumbent upon Kobe to, to just kind of really hold a fort down and really kind of bring the life out of his, you know, and, and I thought Dan Tony made a good point the other day before Kobe came back. He said, he said we can't stand around and watch. You know, we can't stand around and just watch him uh, play. You know, it, it'll be one on five. He said, we just can't do it. And, and to be honest, Kobe's not at that point in his career where he can just carry a, a team like that anymore. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, I mentioned earlier, before we went on the air, that uh, the Pacers and the, the Heat were playing, and that game has gone final. Um, Indy takes the round one, if you will, 90-84. Uh, uh, Roy Hibbert finished with 25, 24.5 boards. Uh, LeBron was the leader for uh, Miami with 17 points, 14 boards, and six assists. Um, <laughs> we've had some debates on Twitter. Uh, my man Ken has not been sold on Indiana. Uh, okay, Heat versus Pacers. Pacers take round one. Ken, what can we take from tonight's game? Um, they look like the same Indiana team I saw last year. Um, the one, you know, size. They still have the size advantage like they did last year, but they still turn the ball over a lot. They turn the ball over a lot. Um, the Heat wasn't very efficient. They did produce, I think, 18 points on those turnovers, but um, at the end of the day, it, it it wasn't enough to seal the win. But, no, nah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same team that, that, from what I saw in the second half and piecing together what I, what, what I heard from the first half, it's the same Indiana team. They're big. They're strong. They play tough. They play strong defense. But it's a close game. And if you look at the box score, if you look at the game, George, you know LeBron didn't get off. Wade didn't kind of get off. He's been in and out of the rotation. So the Heat is still learning how to play together because they haven't had a consistent lineup. Well, the Pacers have had pretty much a consistent lineup since they started. And yet it still was a close game. Um, so, you know, I mean, yeah. And Pacers had some good, great defensive possessions down the stretch, though. Which, oh, yeah, which yeah, yeah. Moment, but, but, you, didn't see but, that. you didn't see that last year that much. They, they, this, I mean, even though it's a regular season game, it's only December, but they down the stretch, they had some great defensive possessions, man. And I wasn't used to seeing that from the Indiana up last year. So maybe 
You know, and they're like what we always say, what everybody say, defense wins championships. And if they keep that up, they're going to cause Miami some problems. Right, defense wins championships, and Miami forced 21 of them. It just didn't convert into a W tonight. The Pacers are playing at home, and keep in mind, the Pacers really, really wanted this game. If you saw every time George made a bucket in the second half, he's pumping his chest, he's on the sideline pumping yeah, his chest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. when, when, you, when I looked at the mannerisms of Indiana, to, you know, to them it was, it was more than just a regular season game. To the Heat, it was a regular season game. We're going to kind of get some, take some notes, and we'll see you in the playoffs. And right. then the playoffs will turn up, and then that – the regular – Miami's season is the playoffs. Miami's season is not the regular season. <laughs> so they're going to go along, and I predict that Indiana probably will, will take three out of, out of one – take the series 3-1 against the Pacers. But, you know, if you throw – if Odin is able to muster any type of minutes for – for Miami in, in the second half of the season, and I know we're, we're it's hypothetical right now. Right. But right. if he's able to play at all, Indiana loses their advantage, and 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 that is their trump card right now. And Miami has been able to circumvent that every year we come into the season. Miami, come, Indiana coming, Indiana coming. They big, they big, they big, and it's the same thing over and over again. But Paul George struggled. LeBron had him on lock, like I told you guys. He can lock him down, and it, it kind of affected him on offense. His teammates didn't help him out that much, but things changed in the playoffs. But Paul George struggled. He got a, a good portion of his points from the free throw line. That got him into rhythm. He had a couple of wide-open shots. Ray Allen left him twice. He got a – Scola got a rebound. He got another wide-open shot. So, you know, they'll, they'll fight it out, but what I saw tonight – I didn't see the threat that everybody's making them out to be other than the same advantages they had last year. And that's the best and, team in the league. And their defensive stretch in the in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they but didn't do. They, they, I mean, they play, they play good defense. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna, but, but not like that down the stretch, not in the fourth but quarter. But they wanted no. the game, B. Like, they, they wanted to win. Like, think about this, man. You're, you're 18 and 3, right? Everybody's talking about you. You don't care about anybody else but Miami, and you're waiting. You're waiting to finally get a chance to go against Big Brother, and I'm yep. going to get you this time. And that's what this <laughs> is, man. They wanted to come out, and they wanted to try to make a statement. Right. But I don't think they made a statement to Miami tonight. And you know what, Ken? In the in the counter that, take take look look at this analogy. In, Miami is Indiana's is Indiana's Boston Celtics the way Pistons was to the Boston Celtics. The Pistons right. we are we would have what we were to the Chicago Bulls. Once the Chicago Bulls right. passed the Pistons, it was at home. That's how Indiana was looking at Miami. Miami Miami is their Boston Celtics, their Detroit Pistons. They they so of course they're gonna be riled up. We was riled up when we there. We played Boston where where it was a regular season. Or the playoffs. So this is, and that's their moment. That's why Indiana took this game so serious because if you remember back in the days when Chicago played the Pistons, when Michael Joe was trying to go over that hump, they took that shit serious. They were like, "Look, we're gonna make a statement, and we're gonna come out here and we're gonna ball against these boys." Same way with the Pistons, you know. Same way with you know Houston when they were trying to get over the hump against uh, the Lakers. It's, it's just it's, that's what I'm saying, and I, and I think Indiana. I'm I'm not saying I'm just saying that's why I think Indiana's gonna be better and they're gonna be a threat because. They were that close, and now they're like, "Look, we need to get over this hump." So yeah, we're gonna be tur- we're gonna be turned up whenever we play Miami. 
Yeah, I feel you, B, but, you know, I, I think I mean, they thought they were going to come out to, and kind of smash these boys, man. And and they were down 13 twice in, in the first half, and it was a struggle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the back, they're like, God damn, man. We, but you we know what, no can Here's the thing, everything man. we got, you know, to, to come back thing. and win that game. And I, and I want – go ahead, FIFA. That, that, but that's what Indiana showed is resiliency. Indiana showed resiliency. But, 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 Ken, to your point, I also agree that Indiana has a flaw. Their flaw is that they truly don't have a second superstar. But to Indiana's credit, Roy Hibbert is their second superstar against Miami. Not the whole season, but against Miami. Warren Haber averaged like 13, 14 points the whole season and averaged 22 against Miami. And tonight he had 24. Mm-hmm. So he offset the wave and Bosch and all the three-point shooting. You see what I'm saying? So against Miami, and I agree, if Greg Oden can play, yeah. I've, I've, I've said it, and Ken can attest, I've been saying it for the last two years. All Miami needs is a semi-healthy Greg Oden. I've been saying it for two years since they put the team together down there. Get Greg Oden. Just get him. It, even if he doesn't play, rehab him, put him in your system, put him in your culture, bring him back. Because if this boy can play at 75%, they don't even need 100% Greg Oden. If Greg Oden can get you 20 minutes a game by playoff time, yeah. oh, but Indiana is going to lose. Indiana That's a big ass. Yeah. That's a big ass. Well, I, I think I think what they're, what they're probably trying to do be is is kind of work him in. I mean, like I said, we still haven't seen him yet, so we don't know what he has or what he doesn't have. Um, but I mean, Miami's going to take it slow. I, and you know, cap wise, it didn't to get him. It didn't cost him a whole bunch of money. They don't have a lot invested in him. So if it doesn't work out, if he it know, doesn't work out, if he gets hurt again, you know, they, they didn't lose anything. It's just a roster spot. Um, you guys made some great points on it, man, and, and I, I saw the tweets going back and forth on Twitter. Um, I think, uh, much like Ken, I think it, I think it definitely meant more to Indy to win tonight. Just, I, I read a comment earlier today, um, you know, that they said that you know it was going to be like a Lance Stevenson uh, said the game was going to be like a playoff game for them. I, I mean, we're twenty games in. I don't know that you necessarily. It didn't seem like it's a statement. I mean, because. Miami has realized that, especially as the defending champions, we get everybody's best shot every night. I mean, you can't even go slipping, you know, in Utah or, or Cleveland, you know, because, because those teams, they get up for you. They, they want to see the, uh, the the two-time defending champs. That being said, I think it's a good measuring stick for Indiana. I think these two teams are clearly going to be the two teams that are left standing because nobody in the East is – you know, worth anything that it sounds like they'll be around. Um, that being said, I think uh, I think it probably meant more to Indiana tonight than it did to Miami. Miami kind of Miami, like Ken said, Miami kind of looks to them like the little brother, like you know, like the little brother that wants to fight. Come on, let's fight, let's fight, let's fight. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. We'll, we'll fight when I'm ready to fight you. You know. Um, so I think it's more business as usual. Um, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, they're going to have to play each other three more times. Uh, one more time in Indiana and then two more times in Miami. So it's a, a four-game series. So we'll see. And I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, both of them split. So, um, 
it's gonna be interesting, man. But I, I think it's uh, it's early. It's really, really early in the season. Yeah, it's still got sixty but, um, games left, man. Still got sixty games. <laughs> right, right, right. But a, but a good a good a good game tonight, and I think Indy probably walks away feeling a little better about themselves. Um, they still have the best record in the Eastern Conference, and uh, you know, I mean, it's too early to start talking playoff scenarios or anything like that. But um, but they're you know they're in the right they're they're moving in the right direction. Um, and also, man, uh, shout out to Kyrie Irving. He went off for thirty seven and yeah, eleven assists after have, after having a scoreless night the other night. So shout out to Kyrie Irving against the bum Knicks. Yeah, and I want to point out something else about Indiana that I've noticed too. Um, in ten plus game, and this speaks to the resilience that you were talking about. Be um, they've been trailing at halftime, and and that's something that you, you can't continue to flirt with if if you want to win. I think they yeah yeah they've managed to overcome that, and because they're resilient, and it shows yeah, the mental toughness, and good teams find a way to come back and win. But you know yeah, you that, can't flirt with that. Yeah, you, you can't. And Paul George Yeah, and Paul George has had terrible first halves and he turns it on in the second half. So these are kind of things that when I when I look at Indiana, you know, it caused me to pause a little bit, but they managed to overcome it. But like we're all saying, over the course of a full NBA season and you're having to do that every single game at some point. Yeah, man. That's, you can't you can't continue to put yourself in a situation like that. Down 13 against the Spurs, down 13 against Miami, who could pop you for 20 or 30 at any given moment. So you're trying to fight that as well. So, um, so yeah. But no, here's I, the thing. I, yeah. Here, here, here's the thing, though, Ken. They were down 13 to Miami, but they were only down seven at the half. You see no, I got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so they, they were only down seven at the half. And what do I always say? A 20-point lead in the NBA is nothing. It nothing. is nothing. Because but that's not. But but I, I feel you on that, people. What I'm saying is that you know you. What I'm not not the fact that it's the gap because, like you said, you can make that up. But it's it's the mental part of it. Like dang, like okay, we gotta you know we gotta we gotta buckle down. You know I, what I'm saying? I, I, I'm gonna tell you like this. You know, playing as much basketball as I play, honestly, I don't. I don't mind being down less than 10 points. Less than 10 points, that means that the game is competitive. Nobody truly has an advantage. Like, you're up six at halftime. What's that? That's one stop in a three. That's half a score. That's nothing. Yeah. So under 10 points, it doesn't matter to me. You know what I'm saying? So, and because basketball is such a game game of run that if my run is bigger than yours and I play harder D and I, and, and I get these loose balls and I do this and I do that, I, 10 points isn't nothing. And, and in all honesty, mentally, that does not take a lot out of you under 10 points. Now, you're down 15, 18, 20 every game. Of course. But if you're down less than 10 points against the elite teams in the NBA, guess what? Mm-hmm. You're elite. And you came back to win because it's only slight adjustments, Ken. Professional sports. It's about adjustments, where I feel like collegiate sports is about game tempo, you know, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm searching for? Uh, momentum. College mm-hmm. sports is more about momentum, where, where, where basketball, especially pro basketball, is just a game of runs, and it's not momentum. It's completely different. It is completely different in professional sports. It's, it's, it's a game of runs. It's adjustments. Right. You see what I'm saying? So when you're down seven, that's not that's that's two three missed free throws and a missed layup that you never miss. 
that's nothing. It's a couple adjustments, a couple of tweaks. You're right there. It's almost like in football being down three points to an elite team. And you know you're elite and you're at home. And even if you're away, that's even better. Because you know you're right there. You're right there. Now, can you move some of those and then some of those get out of hand? Of course, it's an 82-game season. But I, I think you're putting way too much stock into being down at the half. No, 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 no. I'm talking not down at the half by seven. That, Like you said, that's nothing. I know that. You know that. We all know that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, and I, I reference being down 13. Yeah, you. And what, what helped them was getting it down to seven because that's manageable. But the, having to deal with the fact that you're down 13 against an elite team, not only just Miami, but you were down 13 against the Spurs, who plays as efficient as anybody that as anybody in the league. But so that that's that's all I'm pointing out. You know, there's, there's been 20 games of this, and you know, sometimes it, it, you know it's it's kind of good to get a couple of easy, easy wins. But it's just an observation that I notice. Am I putting a lot of stock in it? No, but I'm thinking that over the course of an 80 game, 82 games. Season, I think but, that could that could definitely but, affect you. But here's the thing, Ken: how, how how many great teams really in the NBA? Like the top six in the West, and then obviously like the top two or three maybe in the East. And that's it. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. The, the rest of them squads, you running through them. It doesn't matter if you're down a half against them squads. You're gonna beat them. The majority of them. Those squads, they're inferior to you. Of course, you're going to lose some of those because now you're put, you're, you're on a pedestal where, like Miami, you're getting most teams' best shots, especially the playoff contention teams because they want to send you a message throughout the season. But if you're in those games, you know what I'm saying? It's nothing because look at how many bottom feeder crab-ass teams there are in the NBA right now, especially in the East. So I, 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 it, to me, that doesn't matter to me because it's not that many elite teams, especially in the East and overall in the NBA. So I, mm-mm, mm-mm, I, I, I'm not feeling your point, Ken. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I think, and, and that's fine, but, um, you know, I, I, sometimes I just look beyond just the black and white, and I think that you – the point is that you continue to flirt with this, what potential disaster. So – Say, for instance, they were not as good as they were, or they were, you know, and, and they lose some of those games, you know, like they've been, been known to do in the past. They had a slow start, I think it was last year or the year before, and then they, had, they got it rolling. What if it goes in the opposite direction this year? You're off to a hot start because you managed to overcome those games, but you keep flirting with those, those scenarios, and then they stop, stop, start going, start going against you. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, you always put yourself in a position to win, and obviously they have because they're 19 and 3. But when okay. you're down half and then Paul George struggles in first half and he has to turn it on, I think you, you you put yourself in situations sometimes you don't necessarily need to be in. And I think that, that could be, uh, you know, that could be detrimental you know at some point. And, Ken, I feel you, but the difference is, is that the Indiana Pacers are a defense-first team. So as long as they right. play defense, they're going to get in the game. They don't rely on their offense. They're not an offensive team. If their offense is off, they're still in games just like Chicago. Explain how Chicago could be a top-five team without Derrick Rose. That's a hodgepodge of a damn mixture, but Tom Thibodeau is that great that he keeps them together, just like Frank Vogel. 
they are a defense first team. So it, to right. me, again, I, I, I still I, I'm I'm not buying into your point just yet because they're a defense first team. Now, if we were talking about let's say um, like Cleveland, let's talk about uh, New York. Prime example, um, Brooklyn, prime example, they rely on their offense. So when it's not going offensively, guess what? They are going to struggle and they're not going to win games. Indiana pulls rabbits out their hat because they play defense first. And when you clamp down and you hold a team to maybe, let's say you're down 20 points. And in one quarter, you hold the team down to 12 points, which can be done and which they have done and which will be done all throughout this season because they play defense first. It's a game again. It doesn't matter if they miss 20 shots. As long as they attack the rim, which that's why you have Lance Stevenson, Paul George, and you play defense, which you have Hibbert, Paul George, and Lance Stevenson, and George Hill, you are going to be in games. And I understand flirting with, you know, always doing it. But you know what? That also builds character. And it also adds to their resiliency. Because now Frank Vogel as a coach, when they're in that situation in the playoffs, hey, remember this game? Remember this situation? Remember what we did? And that's how leaders are born, not just from a coaching perspective, but also Paul George that's ascending into being that superstar. Now he can go to his troops and be like, hey, don't give up now. We've done this all year. This is our makeup. This is our okay. identity. It doesn't matter. Play defense and we're going to win this damn game. That's what it is, Ken. And, and, and if it was any, almost any other team, I'll give you it. But not, not the Pacers. They play defense first. Yeah, I get all that. But I, I also said that that spoke to the resiliency that, that B was talking about. So, it's an observation, but I think, like I was saying, it, it helps them build character and resilience. So when they're in a situation tonight, like you said, they can, they, can, they can tap into that and come back and win. But I still believe that you can't continue to play that way over the course of a season. And, and you can, defense or whatever, I believe that. You, you can tout all this stuff you want. It's not going to change that. You can't you can't continue to put yourself in those situations for eighty two games. Hey, you know what? You, you I feel like you're outside. You, you get you get in a pattern of, of letting that happen, and then you know it. Nobody has that off. And Boston used to do this for years uh, when they had the big three, and you just can't turn it off and turn it on. No, I don't care how much how talented you are. You can't turn it off and turn it on. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens going forward, man. We're we're getting some um, some great debate about this. Um, <laughs> and we we weren't even planning to talk about it, but I felt the need to talk about it because, you know, you, uh, I, I I'm kind of seeing it from both sides. I see some people say, you know, on Twitter and everything, just jumping up and down, saying, you know, the Pacers are there and and they're capable of. I mean, it's a long season. Um, you know, teams really don't start formulating and, and forming into who they are until at least a quarter into the season. Um, and that's provided that everybody's playing together. Um, not necessarily. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But not necessarily because Indiana's been together for the last three years. Well, I so mean, I mean they, what I'm saying is, like, they've added pieces like Scola and Watson. Those guys have to blend in as well, and, and they have to get used to what? playing pace of basketball. Um, I give but you that. The calls the Pacers are who they are, and they're, they're intact, and that's, and that's a good thing for them. Yeah, their rotation is intact. 
like like Scola is a new he's a shiny new piece. Everybody else has pretty much been there. Um, Aaron Watson he has not touched the floor. He played tonight. Their rotation, their rotation has been there. Their core has been there. They are fine. This is what this is what you're going to see all year from these guys. This is what you saw all year last year from these guys. They're just slightly better because they can turn it up. And when you play defense, you can turn up the offense because when you get turnovers, you get easy buckets. That's the reason why Miami is so dangerous because they turn up the defense and everything else just seems to happen. And that's what Indiana can do. Obviously, they don't have as many weapons as Miami does. But they can turn up the defense like who else? Like Miami. There's no other team realistically that can that can step up a defense outside of Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Chicago, Miami, Indiana are the three teams that when they say, you know what, we're going to get three stops, they get three stops. Sometimes, okay, we're all human. It, it doesn't always happen. But the majority of the time, when they need stops, they get stops. Okay, okay. Very good points on both sides by Ken and FIFO. Uh, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. You are listening live to Dead End Sports. I am your host, 12 Kyle, and I got Ken, B, and FIFO on the line. We are Dead End Sports. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, don't just listen to the show. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell somebody. Pass the word. Tell two people about the show. Tell them, and this show is being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you miss any parts of the show or you cannot listen to the show live, check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash deadendsports. Uh, also, check out our website, deadendsports.com. We keep a lot of sports information on there as well. Um, follow us on Twitter, at deadendsports. Uh, follow our, this crew on Twitter, uh, at K-B-I-N-G-E. That's Ken's Twitter handle. Uh, follow FIFO at FIFO247. Uh, you can follow B at BZ430. You can follow me, 12Kyle, at 12Kyle. Um, next question I have for you guys, wanted to, and, and this, this kind of came to me as I was watching the game the other night. Um, obviously, we, we're all big hip-hop heads. You guys are really, really entrenched into the, into the industry of hip-hop. Um, why do you think hip-hop music gets a great deal of play in NBA arenas? And the reason why I ask is because if you look at who's on the court, as far as demographics, if you look at who's on the court, and then you look at who we think listens to hip-hop, and then you look at the audience of the people that are in the NBA arenas, you know, <laughs> it's almost like you're talking about three different types of people. Um, so I'll start with you first, Ken. Why do you think... NBA, why do you think hip-hop music gets a great deal of play in NBA arenas? It has a lot of energy, and I think, you know, you, that that plays into the crowd. It's up-tempo. It has an effect, sometimes it has infectious beats to it. You you recognize it uh, as, as hooks that you can, you know, sing along to, a little call-and-response stuff, you know, here and there. And um, it's just really a, a popular thing that a lot of people just kind of connect to. It's a form of entertainment that's just there to serve its purpose for the moment. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that that has a lot to do with it. I mean, when, when I go to baseball games, man, I I see, for one, everybody listens to it regardless of age, color, 
race creed or whatever, because when I go to baseball games, I'll, I'll see uh, Chipper Jones will come up to like a hip hop song or somebody like that, and you're like, wait, what? You know, and, and it kind <laughs> right, of takes right, right. back because you don't expect that. Um, and, and you know, uh, so yeah, I think it's just one of those things where people listen to it that we would find that we would be surprised to find out that they actually listen to hip hop. People are like, wait, what? You listen to hip hop? Because you know it's one of those things where we, where we do think is kind of like a, a urban thing solely, and, it's, and you know it's kind of it's, it's not, and, and we all know that. Okay. Uh, what, what about you, B? Why, why do you think uh, uh, hip hop music gets a great deal of play in NBA arenas? Because I mean, a lot of I mean, not only just fans, but just players as well as this is a gravitate to hip hop now. I mean, in this age that we're in and plus, I mean hip hop is just such a hip hop is way much bigger way more of a bigger deal than it was, you know, fifteen, twenty, you know, twenty years ago in the eighties of you know, when hip hop was kinda coming along coming coming pretty alive and strong. But now hip hop is freaking everywhere now. So mm-hmm. you know, like I said, players and fans, they they gravitate to hip hop more. It just it just has that NBA just has that hip-hop flow, that poetry and motion flow, so it, it works well. I mean, in the 70s, you had, like, a lot of soul stuff playing with, with NBA stuff, so now it just now it just transfer over to hip-hop. Okay, okay, okay. Definitely agree with you on that. What, what about you, uh, FIFO? Why do you think it's getting major play in, in NBA arenas? Man, first and foremost, hip-hop is a new pop culture, so... You know, hip hop is just is big. You know, it gets a lot of blame. It gets a lot of praise. It, it's it's just you know, it's, it's the big, it's the biggest, one of the biggest, most controversial genres of music. You know, it's still not you know probably doing uh, country numbers and things like of that nature. But hey, you know, hip hop is influential, and it just it goes hand in hand. You know, with the way you know hip hop music just bounces and how basketball movement is and then all of the biggest stars in the NBA are into hip hop if not trying to be hip hop artists themselves going all the way back from Allen Iverson now you got Imam Shumper KD gets on the mic you know what Ron Artest asked uh, the Lakers to take some time off to record an album you know so it, 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 it's, it's been it's always been synonymous you know and, and you also have to look at the demographic of NBA players where do they grow up what do they listen to? What do you, so right. when they get to their team and they have some influence, they're going to influence what gets played, especially like LeBron. You know, he hits up the, the Miami DJ and he tells them, you know, what he wants to hear. He's LeBron. What are you going to tell LeBron? And what are you going to tell <laughs> right, KD? Right, right. You know, in Oklahoma, KD and Russell Westbrook, hey, play this out of the third. You're going to say no? That's KD. You have, a, you have a popping job because of this man right here. You know, so, that's true. Hey, man, you, that, that's a great point. I, I, I just, uh, I remember watching a game. I think it was a New Jersey Nets game, and, and I mean, I'm sorry, Brooklyn Nets. Wow, damn, I said New Jersey Nets, <laughs> Brooklyn Nets team. And I mean, it almost felt like I was in a club. I mean, because every rap song that was probably out, they kept playing. You know, and of course they're not playing the whole song, but you know, during, you know, bringing the guy bring the ball off the court, you might hear. Uh, Fez watching by 2 chains, um, or at least the beat. And I think even if you're playing little snippets of stuff like that, like Ken said, it's energetic. Um, it's something that the players want to hear. Um, 
like I said, it's just it's kind of mind-boggling. It kind of shows you where hip-hop has come from, from its infancy to uh, where it is now, and the fact that, like I said, you look at, at an NBA court where the predominantly, the majority of the players are black, um, in a musical genre where most of the participants are black, uh, hip-hop is mostly purchased, you know, not by blacks, but by whites, uh, young whites at that. Um, and then their parents are probably the ones that make up most of the uh, NBA arena. So you, you're dealing with a lot of different uh, demographics there, and it all meshes, and I think it's um, it's good. I, th- I think it's very good. Um, I think I would be the first to admit I've been at Hawks games here in Atlanta, and, you know, they might play, I don't know, Gucci Mane or something like that, and you might be sitting next to somebody who don't necessarily know what they're listening to, but there's no curse words, so, you know, they may just bob their head anyway, you know, so it doesn't really matter to them one way or the other. Um, but, you know, but I, I think it's a good thing. It's a good look for the league. Um, and, you know, we, like you said, we've had we've had uh, ballers that, you know, have rapped, like, from AI to Shaq. Uh, back in the day, Gary Payton and uh, I think it was Gary Payton and, and Jason Kidd, they had a song on an album. Cedric Sabalos was on the album. Um, you know, so we've had guys in the NBA to try to rap, like Chris Webber's producer, uh, hip-hop producer at times. Um, so we've seen, and, and but we can't forget uh, True Warriors Records. Uh, shout out to Ron Artest. I know B. I know you got. A, I know you got the beat tape of uh, all the True Warriors mixes, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, Kyle? You got to shout What's out that? Shaq, the only or the only NBA player to go platinum. Yeah, you know what, man? I'm 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 gonna let y'all in a little secret. I bought that album, Shaq's first album, and it wasn't bad at all. I I no lie, it it was. In fact, I bought I actually bought Shaq's first three albums, and they weren't bad albums. They weren't bad. I mean, Shaq had he had a couple. He had the joint with Biggie. Um. And uh, the joint with Method Man and Rhythm. Method Man and Rhythm, no hooks. Um, oh, so his lead single was outstanding on the first album. Um, so you know, it, Shaq, Shaq was okay, man. Shaq, Shaq was okay. Um, I like Forty Bars by Iverson. I, Iverson's album never dropped, but I like Forty Bars by Iverson. Um, but uh, but yeah, you you you've seen it. You've seen a mesh. I don't know if there's anybody in the NBA that's currently trying to rhyme. Other than Ron Artest, um, <laughs> but I don't think nobody's buying Ron. I music. think I think Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant did something at a concert or at somewhere one time. See? Wow. Kevin Durant, yeah, yeah. He doesn't even really strike me as somebody that would try to rhyme, but I guess yeah. you know he, he seems kind of reserved. But you know, who yeah. knows? Phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six again six four six. Uh, 4780356 um, Next question I have for you FIFO I'll start with you If your son FIFO Jr. Was the number one basketball player in the country Which college coach would you want Him to play for right now And why You know Okay So 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 I have two answers Okay go ahead that's cool And I will go either way if I want my kid to go number one overall, he's just going. He's going to wherever John Calipari's at. Where where he at? What school this year? That's where we're going. 
that's where we going. Man, you know, don't like that dude, man. But go ahead. I, go, okay, I so know, why Cal? Why Coach Cal? Because look at how many number one NBA prospects he's had. If my kid's the number one high school kid, you're going to be the number one NBA draft player. So if I want him to go number one overall, we're going wherever John Calipari's at. And then if I if I feel like my kid, even though he's number one, there's still some things he needs to work on. Like I feel like he needs some guidance and coaching, more coaching in his life. Oh, there's no there's no one better than Coach K. So it's either Duke or wherever Calipari's at. Okay, okay. Okay. What about you, Ken? You got Ken Jr. He he's the number one player in the country. Where where would you prefer him to go? Now now we're talking just straight basketball. We're not talking about you know school or academic or anything like that. We're just talking about just on the coach you would want him to play for. Um. Hmm. I mean, first thought comes to mind is, is, is Coach K, man. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just been doing it so long and so consistent. And just, just, um, but I, I think the only thing that would concern me, uh, well, okay, okay, number one player in the league, so obviously he has <laughs> talent, right? So, right. you know, the kid can play. So yeah, Coach K, man, because I, I, I would, I would think, I would believe that Coach K would teach him, teach him all of the, the nuances and 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 rules of the game and stuff that he needs to be successful on the next level. You know, I was kind of thinking about uh, Kalapari a little bit, but. I don't know, man. When when that question pop up, I'm like, shit, he's going to Duke, and I hate Duke. <laughs> but <laughs> me too. I'm the same way, Ken. Oh man, same here, man. <laughs> what about you, B? Little little B is, is coming out. He's the number one player in the country. He, he's gonna be. He, he might be a one and done. If if you had your drillers, where are you your drillers, where are you sending them? Uh, I think my answer is pretty obvious. I think y'all know what I'm gonna say. Oh, and play with Tom Izzo. Izzo. I mean, one, one of the yeah. most slept on, not underrated coaches in the NCAA. I mean, he, I, I still don't think he gets his props that he deserves, man. It's like he does. He, 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 te- he teaches his players to play great team ball, to play great, like, like sweet science basketball, man, for college. Like, like I said, of course, it may be boring ball, but it's great. It's great basketball, man. It's like he teaches his player to play great basketball. And you know a lot of his players that come out. I mean, you know, yeah, they not they not Calipari type where they're gonna be number one, two, or three, but they they do pretty okay in the NBA. <laughs> Most players that he's had, you know, with the exception of Mateen Cleese <laughs> that I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mo- most of his players, man, they, they they go into the league and they, and they do all right. They you know they they do pretty well and they and, they, and Tom Izzo teaches them the game. And you can't argue Coach K, but I'm the same way as Ken. I just can't stand Duke. But I know if he go to Coach K. He's going to get the right ingredients to be a better basketball player. My only thing I want him to do for is because, you know, a lot of Duke players, I mean, so far Kyrie Irving is panning out pretty good, but a lot, you know, it seems like to me a lot of Duke players have turned out like not too great. I don't know. I don't know what it is about when players leave from Duke. But, you know, yeah, Tom Izzo. You going to Tom Izzo, son. Well, you know, and I think, you know, and in, in listening to that, B, I think what Coach K, it, it just goes to show what kind of a coach. He is because he can take yeah. those guys and, and turn them into NBA stock. Right, but right. your yep. son is going to already be NBA stock. He just has to go play in the uh, college basketball, so he get, he yeah. he got game. Yeah. yeah. So he, yeah, so imagine he, what he, Coach K would do with somebody that got game. Yeah. Turn so, up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. 
Yo, I, I got to shout out my man Ant on uh, on Twitter. <laughs> he said, uh, he said, B's son would be nicknamed Lil B. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's awful. That's, That's awful. the last thing we need. It's another Lil B. <laughs> <That's awful. laughs> if you guys are hip-hop fans, you know exactly who Lil B is. That's um, awful. Yeah, and if you don't know who Lil B is, consider yourself lucky. Uh, <laughs> um, you know what, man? To be honest, if 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 I had my choice, I would say, well, it'd be two guys, actually. Um, one of them's not coaching, so it really doesn't apply, but I want to put his name out there anyway. Um, and I never liked it. I never liked his his teams or anything like that. I just had a, I had an ass of respect for him. And that was uh, uh, Bobby Knight. I, I, I Bobby yeah. Knight was, yeah. like, he, you could tell he rode his players, but, like, they just seemed, he seemed like he'd be the type of coach that could take a bad kid and make him good. And you know, just just make a man out of him. You know what I'm saying? And if I had a son, if, if one of my sons went there and, and they had issues or what have you, maybe behavioral issues or something like that, where they needed to grow up. Yeah, I, I turn him over tonight in a minute. Um, man, well, yeah, look what he did to Isaiah. Look, look what yeah, he did exactly, Isaiah. exactly. Isaiah wasn't he wasn't a saint when he got there. Um, right. And and much like Ken and FIFO, man, I, I can't stand Duke. But right now, if I had to make the choice right now, yeah, man, he he go to Duke. He go to Duke hands down, and I'm I'm the least favorite fan of. I mean, the fact that my oldest son has Duke paraphernalia in my house, it, it really bothers me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but his godmother's a Duke alum, so I, I I let it slide. But um, but yeah, it's it's not um, I, I'm going Coach K, and then probably second I'll go uh, I'll go Syracuse, Bayhan. Um, you know, and I guess it would also depend on the position that he was playing too, because if he's playing. You know, I mean, remember when we were growing up, uh, you know, if you were a big man, all the big men, were the, the dope big men went to Georgetown. So, uh, yeah. you know, so you would want to play for a coach that was, you know, known for, you know, and if you were a guard, you know, back in the day, you'd probably go Big East, um, that type of thing. So it just it just really depends on, I guess, the the player. But just off the top of the dome, yeah, I'm, 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 I'll send him to Shukshevskiville. Uh, um Right now we got a caller call from area code two six seven. Two six seven calling you on the air. Which name were you calling from? Uh, hello? Yes, sir, hey, calling you on the up? air. Which name were you calling from? Hey, what's going on? This is uh Brenda from last week, y'all. What's going on? What's up, Brenda? Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, what's going on? I was wondering, since the Knicks have had a horrible season, what do you think they're gonna do with Carmelo? Because he can't because next season he's a free agent. And they mm-hmm. can't just let him walk free. The same way, well, basically what LeBron did. Do you see the Knicks trading him any time of season? I, I wouldn't be surprised. To be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of trades go down before this trade deadline. I think a lot of teams a lot of teams going to be getting ready to scramble for this upcoming, you know, uh, draft class that's coming in and then there's the free agency. So I wouldn't be surprised if they trade him. I mean, I don't think they will, but I wouldn't be surprised at the same time. What about you, Cifo? Um, I don't. Who got their TV? Who got their TV up, man? Somebody turn that TV down. Oh, that's me. I'm sorry. I'm not good. Hold on. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm glad you said it's me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I, I to. I don't see New York trading Carmelo. You know, um, mainly because who's gonna take Carmelo on the rental? You know. Um, mm, that's good. Oh, good point. So. People. so it depends, you know, whoever can make, because look, 
and then it depends on what the Knicks are looking for. Are they looking for salary cap relief to rebuild? Are they looking for talent in return for Melo, drafting? Like, what are you looking for? So the recipient has to, first of all, give up a lot of assets to get Carmelo, and right. then what if he doesn't resign? So I don't see a trade happening. I think he's going to ride out the year. I don't, I don't see the Knicks trading him. But if I'm Carmelo, I'm not coming back to New York. I've been said yeah. it. The place I'm going to is Chicago. If I know Derrick Rose is healthy, Chicago is the only other place where we can form a big something, a big two, big three, big something, you know, to, to, to try to move forward. And if if I'm Carmelo, I'm like, look, if me and D. Rose can put up points and the rest of these guys play hella five defense, we're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the question I was about to ask you. you know, when you said him go to Chicago, because Chicago is a defensive-oriented team. And when you put yeah. somebody like Moe's in there, just, he got, well, his defense has gotten a little bit better. But for the most part, he plays he he's selective when he plays defense. He, well, I won't say this, 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 he's selective. You know, this, this is the point I'm going to make. You, they are a top five defensive team with Carlos Boozer. Carmelo's a better defender than Carlos Boozer. I was about to say right. that. <laughs> so, uh, so, so it, it really doesn't matter. Chicago's problem is they need another perimeter guy that can score the rock, and Carmelo is a guy that can score from three and score from the low post. So you're killing two birds with one stone. He's a better perimeter scorer than Luol Deng and a better post scored in Carlos Boozer, and you're paying these guys how much money? Let them both go. Get Carmelo. Let Jimmy play the two or the three. It don't matter. Let Carmelo play the three. Get you a defensive line to four. Let Todd Gibson start if you want. Let Joe Ken Noah start. And you have enough right there in the starting unit to rival any other Eastern Conference team. Now it's building that bench, which is not hard to do in one offseason. It's, it's, hey, it's, Pete. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, let me jump in real quick. What about the what about the money that Carmelo would be leaving the thirty million dollars that he could make uh, in New York that he can't make anywhere else? What about that? That's the decision that players have to make. Do I want the money or do I want the championships? That that's that's it is what it is. Do I want the money or do I want the championships? Because at this point in time, if Carmelo is thinking about his legacy. You need to leave the money on the table and go chase that ring because you have Kevin Durant already been there, done that, or well, been to the final, to, to the championship game. You haven't been there. You already have LeBron with two in a row. You know, um, Kobe, you know, he already has X amount. Tim Duncan has right. X amount. Then you have all of these superstars because they're superstars coming in this draft. Julius Randle, yeah. Andrew Wiggins, and Jabari Parker are superstars. The rest of the two guys are going to be problems themselves. But those three guys in particular, they are bona fide super NBA superstars. And that's just more more competition that's going to be younger and hungrier. You better not to mention Paul George. Right <laughs> and Paul George. And Paul George. So you better go get your team right now. And that means leaving money on the table. If you want your legacy, then that's what it is. That's the sacrifice you have to make. Okay. Hey, Fifo. Let me ask this. Do you think, as, as great as Derrick Rose is, do you think that's the right point guard to play with Carmelo? Or do you think he needs a more, like, kind of distributing first type of point guard? No, nah, like like I, I, I just... 
honestly, I just think that it depends on offensively how you're going to play. Because if you're going to have a two-man offensive team, it works. Obviously, OKC has done it. You know what I'm saying? Right. You have Russell Westbrook and, and Kevin Durant. Obviously, Kevin Durant is a little bit more efficient than Carmelo, but Kevin Durant has seven for 20 nights all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's just those games where he'll be 12 for 15 for 40 points. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, he, he could do that sometimes. But I, I think Derrick Rose and Carmelo can coexist as long as there's nobody else that needs the rock to score. Now, if all of these other guys are off the ball, off the ball scorers, such as a Todd Gibson, such, such as a Joe Kim Noah, such as a um, Jimmy Butler, then you're fine. But then, you know, you try to add a J.R. Smith to that, then nah, that, that your chemistry is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You got any more questions for us, Brendan? Oh, yeah. The second question was, who do you guys think will have the best record before the end of the year, or the better record before the end of the year? Uh, the uh, East or West? Or the Nets? Or both? Uh, West. The Knicks or the Nets? Uh, these oh, two, oh okay, okay. So, Knicks or Nets. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Knicks or Nets? Yeah, Knicks or Nets. Yeah, Knicks or Nets. I think it'll – damn, that's a good question because they both are terrible right now. I'm, I'm going to go with the – I think the Knicks can can turn it around and, and, and put together some wins. I think they – they I think both teams will eventually make the playoffs. But, I mean, in the East, that ain't saying much. They they could very well be under 500 and make the playoffs. But I think the Knicks, the Knicks will finish with the better record. Um, my man Mike Woodson is hanging on by the slimmest of threads. Oh, yeah. Right now. You got anything else for yeah. us? I think, uh, oh, really? well, I, I want to jump in. I think, may, I think uh, Cal, I, I, I somehow think that they may find a way to uh, to turn turn it around and, and have a better record than, than the Knicks. The Knicks just, and I think people said this before, man, that the pieces just don't fit. Now, you look at that roster and you're like, man, what is yeah, this? Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it, it, it's kind of like a carryover from last year, except it just got worse. Because they didn't really fit last year. I mean, they just, you know, it just worked for for a while. So I and think you took, it, took, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm saying you take all that veteran leadership that Jason Kidd, Rasheed Wallace, all that stuff that helped the Knicks off the court. You should take all that out the room. Then you have what you have in front of you now. You have J.R. Smith taking wild shots. Because Jason Kidd can come up to J.R. Smith and say, yo, let me chill with that shot. Who else on that team can really say that besides Carmelo? And Carmelo's taking bad shots right along with him. You kind of know what I'm saying? So, here, oh, but, here, but here's the thing with the Knicks and Nets record, though. The Knicks, the Knicks are going to finish with a better record for two reasons. Number one, they have a better score than anybody that the Nets do right now that's healthy. Number two, the Knicks have, even though it's very limited, they have more flexibility into making a trade or two to kind of reshape the roster. Are you telling me, Ken Beasy, Kyle, that the Nets, unless they have a very healthy Darren Williams, who is traded? Who is tradable on that team besides Brook Lopez? And you're not trading Brook Lopez or Darren Williams because that mm-hmm. is supposed. Those are supposed to be your core. Yeah, yeah, your core Joe player. Johnson, yeah. Paul Pierce, and KD right. are supposed to be the addition. But right now, you're asking them to be the main guys, and that's not going to work. Yeah, no, oh, that's K- a great KG point. KD is averaging six and a half points per game. <laughs> 
and basketball, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure guys take time off, but I know football, it, it's, it's rare to, to hear guys even talk about taking time off because, you know, a lot of times they're guys are trying to heal injuries um, that they suffer throughout the season and kind of get back on the mend and everything like that. So um, anybody else wanted to tackle that? Yeah, you know, I also think that it's part and reason that there's just more athletes now. So the so the elite athletes have to even push harder, you know, because even though, like, let's look at basketball, right, like LeBron James, athletically superior to everybody else in the league, but realistically, how many elite athletes are there in the NBA? Like, there's a lot of them. Westbrook, D. Rose went healthy. Durant is an elite athlete. Paul George is an elite athlete. There's so many elite athletes that you have to push so much harder. And like like Kyle said, like, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, I didn't, I didn't know football. Um, you know, I played football, but high school, so, you know, I, I, I already know that collegiate football is way more rigorous, and obviously NFL is on a whole other level. But, you know, even in basketball, the NBA players, the ones that don't play in the Olympics or don't play for their countries, you know, they take time off, especially the older guys, because at a certain point in their career, they just do one thing. Ray Allen just shoots. You know what I'm saying? Like, he still works out. He still stays in, yeah. in play and game shape, but he's not going as hard as, let's say, a LeBron that's getting better every single year. You know, a Paul George right now. Like, these certain guys are just always in there until you get to a point in your career where you can just kind of coast. I don't want to say coast because you're still pushing yourself, but it, I just think it, it, it has to do with a lot of guys playing. Again, going back to Kyle's point, a lot of guys, a lot of guys playing – year-round, and then also just the level of athlete is so much higher in today's game versus, you know, back even in the 90s. Yeah, I oh, agree. Yeah. Definitely. Can it be, folks? Yeah. I mean, can it be, y'all, y'all want to touch on this? Well, it, it, is, a, it is a growing concern, and it, I, I wonder, you know, is it does it have anything to do with the fact that we, we have access to all of this information now? And um, and then of course back in the day, and as in the case of football, they went out there and played with the pinky missing because they had somebody cut it off at halftime. <laughs> no, they they played with concussions. They they put it all on the line. So there, you know, there's no lawsuits. The NFL don't have to worry about that. You know, they um, they don't have to worry about. Um, they can tackle high. They can and they don't have to go at your knees oh, and let, you know you out for the season. <laughs> Because of the NFL change, and um, and I think a lot of it has to do when it comes to the NFL, just the rules and how the rules have changed. And um, you know, I, I with with especially with some of these these tears to the legs that's happening, man. ACLs, people just falling for no reason. Derrick Rose just falling for no reason. Wear and tear, like Kyle Kyle and um, you know, talked about earlier. It's just they they practice so hard, man, and. The body can only take so much, mm-hmm. you know, and it needs the time to rest and recover. Exactly. I mean, look, look at look at Adrian Peterson. Look at what look at what he recovered from after you know tearing what was his MCL and ACL in both of his yeah. knees. Yeah, and, and he and he came back the, that following season. He didn't even take a year off. He he took, he pretty much just worked out the whole off season and still came back and and almost broke the Russian record like. That's like his yeah. thing, man. This dude is like Wolverine or something, man. Like the way he healed up <laughs> that fast to come back and play. <laughs> and like and like and like people said, man, this is like yeah, these 
and, you know, in football, you got linebackers that's running down running backs now, which, you know, 20 years ago, something like that probably would have never, ever, ever happened. Now you got linebackers that's running four fours and four fives now. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very yeah. demanding now. Very you, demanding. You, you know what, B, to that point, I'm, I'm, I'll never forget this play. And I, 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 I'll never forget this play. I was watching a Ravens playoff game last year. I don't remember the team. I don't, I don't even remember the player's name. But it's, it's I, I think it's Daniel Ellerby, the middle linebacker, right? That's his name? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He made a play where he was running full speed one way, saw that the play was going another way, Stopped on one. I, I put it in super slow motion. I paused my DVR. I hit the fast <laughs> forward button. That's that's slow motion. And 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 before, and the commentators talked about it too. He was running full speed. Stopped on one foot. Turned three steps and knocked the receiver that just the ball just touched his head. He knocked him out. And it's just like, yo, that's a two hundred and forty some odd pound man that yeah. runs a four four forty and he stopped on one leg to three strikes the other way, ninety degree turn, stopped his whole momentum and knocked the dude out. That type of athleticism twenty years ago, ten, fifteen years ago is unheard of. Unheard yeah. of. Yeah, no, they're bigger, faster and stronger. Exactly. And, and, and another thing that to answer your question, Sean, I think, uh, you know, one thing we kind of as fans, we kind of tend to forget that the athlete, no matter the sport, they have a very small window. And, you know, if you if you ever hear athletes say they're not doing it for the money, that's a damn lie. They're all doing it for the money. <laughs> you stop playing for fun <laughs> in Little League and high school. Once you get beyond high school, you, I don't care what sport you play, there's some type of uh, incentive in it for you, uh, whether it be a scholarship to get a free education or, you know, dreams of playing in the pros. Uh, so they have a very small window. So the objective is to make as much money as you can. I mean, think about it. We talked earlier about Kobe. The injury that Kobe suffered really should take somebody a year before they come back. You know, Kobe's back within a year's time. Um you know, be just talk about uh, Adrian Peterson. I've never seen a, a running back at that. You know, right. where who a guy who really depends on his knees and the cutting and slicing and everything like that. Usually, an ACL injury it takes a running back at least two years before they are what they once were, and then some running backs never recover from it. Um, so, like I said, they have a very small window, so the pressure to 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 get back on the field, to get back on the court or the diamond or the ice or whatever the sport is. Um, that there's you know some pressure there to get back on because one thing about it you know they always said you you, you can't make the club in the tub and unless you're a super superstar uh, there's always the possibility that somebody can come and take your job um, and all it takes is for a guy to play well a couple of uh, a couple of games and you're out of a job you know go ask Mike Vick about that or or you know anybody um, so you know like just to answer your question like I said it's, athletes have a very small window. So they're trying to get as much money as they can in, in that short period of time they can to play. And, um, you know, so if they're injured, they're trying to get back on the field or the diamond or the ice as quickly as possible. Yeah. Did you have any other questions for us, man? Uh, no, not really, man. Uh, just uh, 
I mean, just two things. I mean, I was Adrian Peterson used to play at the university like two minutes away from my house, and so I know right. all about like his, he used to like. I felt like he got injured like every single year, like from the get go almost. It seemed right. Like. Yeah. It was just. I remember just my college. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just funny to see people excel at such a high level that just keep on getting injured and just keep on coming back. Like, like Beasy said, it's just like Wolverine or something. He can come back, and just every single time he gets hurt, he's crazy. But, yeah, um, and then what you said about the whole money thing, I mean, like, you can't be telling me sometimes, like, whenever you see these, like, Major League Baseball games and stuff where, like, someone hits a home run to win the World Series and you see these grown men running out there jumping up and down like little girls, you can't tell me that they're only, only doing that for the money. I mean, like, you got to, when you see something like that, you got to know that there's some emotional attachment to the game. Oh, that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely emotional chat. I mean, you you play for the love, but what I'm saying is, the further and further you go as far as a career goes, it's less and less about the love. I mean, like, I don't know what you do for a living, but, you know, when you get to a certain age, you know, it ain't that. I mean, you you might like your job. You might even love your job. You know, but the more commas they can well, you put do behind it for the, the money, check, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the happier you'll probably be, you know. So yeah, it just I depends. <laughs> well, guys, I appreciate time on here. All right, man. Thanks for calling in, Sean. All Definitely right. appreciate it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We'll do. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Peace. All right. Peace out. Peace. Phone number, Sean. Call area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. Uh, we, got about, we got about 15 minutes left in the show. Uh, so we're going to uh, keep going through the show. Make sure that you... Uh, Listen to the show. Remember, this show is being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night, so in the event you missed any parts of the show, uh, check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash deadendsports. Uh, you can also catch it on our website, deadendsports.com. Um, let's see. The next question I have for you guys, uh, I'm going to jump down here to the uh, – jump down to this. Uh, video games. I'm um, not sure how much you, I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys play about as much as we all have played growing up. Um, B, what's your all-time favorite sports video game and why? Ooh, all-time sports? All-time sports. Uh, okay, I got I to go super, I, I got to go super old school with this one, man. Um, okay. Tecmo Bowl. God damn it. <laughs> I got to, if, if, if. I mean, I'm pretty sure who, if whoever's listening, if you if you if you're under the if you're 20 or younger, you're not gonna know about Tecmo Bowl. Right. Tecmo Bowl, man, used to be Bo Jackson, man, used to run yep. in every damn thing. Unstoppable. You could not tackle him. You could not tackle Bo Jackson. You mm. could not tackle Bo Jackson, dude. You, you couldn't tackle beat. Bo Jackson. Man, it was it was over. Yep. You couldn't tackle Bo Jackson, or you couldn't catch Walter Payton. Like, if Walter Payton, if you got, like, an open field with Walter Payton, it was lights out. You was going to get that touchdown, and you was doing a Walter Payton hands, high five, like the little running. <laughs> so, yeah, I was about to say Loud 95, but I remember Tecmo Bowl. I used to be up late as shit playing Tecmo Bowl. Like, I used yeah. to be up literally... I used to be up literally to like four in the morning playing Tecmo Bowl as a as a you know a ten year old. You know what I'm saying? Like literally. So Tecmo, I gotta go with Tecmo Bowl. This goes. You know who I used to play with? B. Um, 
I used to get the Kansas City Chiefs and Christian Okoye Christian and Gary Ward. Yeah. Oh, he was unstoppable too. Couldn't yeah. tackle him, boy. Couldn't tackle. Him. You could tackle. And then you, you would have Gary Thomas. Never. Yeah, you have Gary Thomas on D. Oh no, no. Um, Lawrence Taylor. If I used to play with the Giants to get Lawrence Taylor, and I'm mm-hmm. just sacking, sacking you left and right. right. Once yeah, they get man. hot, man, it's, it's a wrap. Because Temple Bowl was like, Temple Bowl had to be on Nintendo. That was like one of the first games that actually used like real NFL players because, you know, right. Madden back in the days didn't do that. The, the earlier, earlier Madden, they didn't yeah, they use, did. wasn't use real right. players. You, you, you didn't see the names. But in Temple Bowl, you knew the names. So Temple Bowl was like, that was before Madden. That was before Madden took over football. But Temple Bowl was that football game to play. Like, and then, of course, double dribble, you know. But Temple Bowl, man, for me, I got to say Temple Bowl. Okay, okay. What about you, Ken? Favorite all-time sports video game? I think Damn, he's man. Um, shit. Uh, well, B took Tecmo Bowl I, I, and uh, and Double Dribble. So, I'm, I, you know, I'll pay homage, man, to uh, uh, NBA Jam. You know. God, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's eating up. He's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> man, because that, that was another game that... When you played it, you were playing that thing for for hours, and, and you would right. play against you know dudes in the neighborhood, and and, and that's it, man. You just be up there just just going at it, and um, so that was that was one that that I had a, had a lot of fun playing was uh, NBA NBA Jam, and um, and here's here's another one, man, that that um that I enjoy playing that that's it, RBI baseball. Yeah, yeah, and it was like yeah. that game. I used to sit up and play that one too, man. And and it, you look at it now, it's a little cheesy and a little whack, but it was it was fun. It was that, it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> yep. And and that's what it was about, man. Just playing games mm-hmm. for fun, and and we enjoyed it, man. RBI baseball. Hell yeah. What about you, FIFA? What uh, what, what what's your all-time favorite? Man, Ken took mine with NBA Jam. Man, I remember. Remember the uh, NBA Jam TE, the term, the tournament edition. Tournament edition. You had the little mm-hmm. coins mm-hmm. on there, and you would get like yep. the little dunk icon. You dunk from anywhere. You yep. get hot from anywhere. I was, yeah. That, that to me, that's the most nostalgic video game. I knew somebody was going to say Tecmo Bowl, you know, because that's that's like everybody played Tecmo Bowl. But um, since Ken took NBA Jam. I'm gonna go with. I mean, you can use more than one. It, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with two. I'm gonna say. Um, I can't remember what year it was, but I think it's probably oh two. Uh, the NBA Live oh two with Carmelo Anthony on the cover. Because that's five. Yeah. That was oh five. NBA Live oh like five. Yeah, oh five. That was deep. That was the first time. Like I was always an NBA Live person, but that's what. That's when I really felt that they took it to the next level. I was like, oh shit! Like, they, they had put the dunk dunk contest. In that one. Yeah, they had the yeah. first time they put the dunk contest in it. Yeah. yeah, they had that, and then just the, the freestyle control. You know, just just got perfect with it. You, no, they they, they did, did that in O three. They did that in O three. Yeah, they no, introduced the freestyle. No, no, oh, I know, I know they did it in O three, but I'm saying by O five it was almost perfect. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. So, oh, so you okay. already had that, plus you had the dunk contest, plus you know the graphics always get better every year, you know, so it, yeah. it, it was just like, it, it, was, it was memorable, it was definitely memorable, and then I guess the next memorable basketball game was 2K when they finally put the AI crossover in it. Yeah, so AI was <laughs> it was so sick too. 
yeah, I felt like 2K overtook NBA Live once they did that. Once they did that, I didn't play NBA Live no more. NBA Live was trash. Have y'all seen NBA Live on, on, on Xbox One and PS4? That shit looks horrible. Yeah, I mean, nah, I haven't. Even, I ain't even fixed my eyes. Even try to check it out, man. No, yeah, EA just need to stick with uh, Madden. Madden. He just need to stick with yep. Madden because NBA Live is done. I, I think they're going to yep. be done after this year, man. It, yep. When they show like the graphics of like how LeBron look compared to how LeBron look on mm-hmm. 2K on the next gen game, it's like it's yeah, like, you can't mess like with 2K at it. right now. Yeah, it's like it's like all the 2K a PS2 series. Game. Yeah, all yeah, the 2K is, series yeah. is just crazy. Um. Man, my, my, I guess you know. I mean, we all got favorites. Um, I'd, I'd have to start with Madden. Um, I, I just remember playing Madden. Probably, I remember back and playing back in college when it was just. I mean, and, and the game was so flawed. Like you could, you could drop back like thirty yards and throw a hail mary. You would either catch it or you get a pass interference call. I mean, like it was, it was obvious glitches in the game. And then, and like B said, you didn't have any names with the players. You might have had a number, but you didn't have names. So you re- you knew who the players were if you knew the game. Um, Techno yep. Bowl was another one. Um, NBA Live 95 was, was yep. another series. Oh, man, man, we used to play yep. for hours and hours at a time. And another basketball game that I loved was uh, Coach K. Coach K's basketball. It was just college basketball. basketball. Yep. Um, it was live, but and, yeah, man, and I'll, I'll never forget, real quick story, um, I, I never, I don't know about you guys, but I've never played video games for money, like, because to me, bragging rights always much better than money, so um, I went down to Florida to see one of my partners, we played ball together in school, I went down, spent a weekend with him, and, you know, all weekend long, me and him were just playing video games, playing, video, playing, and so I was leading, I think, no, the series was tied, and I was supposed to come back to Atlanta, and he was getting ready to go to work. I mean, it's like six o'clock in the morning. He wakes me up. He's like, "Hey, man, let's let's, let's play a game before you go to before you uh, head back to Atlanta." So I'm so I'm I'm beating him. Out. I'm I'm playing with the Fab Five, and I hit a three point. Jimmy King hit a three pointer with like one second left on the clock. He calls a timeout. He inbounds the ball, hits like a three pointer from half court with UNLV. Uh, uh, Greg Anthony at the buzzer. Man, I was so freaking pissed, man. Like, cause I, cause now I had, I really wanted to play him again, but he had to go to work, and I had to come back to Atlanta. I mean, like, just the the bragging right, and like to this day, he never let me forget that. So I had to ride all the way back with that loss on my mind, oh, you know, just mad. Yeah, just just hurt, you know. Like people, I'm I'm real competitive, so I hate to lose. Um, yeah, I, even now, man, I, I tried to play Madden the other day with my son, man. He beat me. I was like, okay, man, maybe I need to retire, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, this dude is beating me. I'm daddy. I'm supposed to be winning. And so, you know, I'm making all kinds of excuses. Man, you play this game all the time. You just, you know, something's wrong with my team. You know, uh, you know, I'm making all kinds of excuses. But the, obviously the kids have caught up and they have surpassed daddy. So now I'm, I'm looking like, so now I might have to retire Madden altogether. But, um... Yeah, I mean, those are some classic games, man. Those are some classic games. Um, another mm-hmm. one, um, I know you guys are going to remember this one, Mike Tyson Punch-Out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I can't believe I didn't say Mike Tyson. Little Mac? I, I can't believe I didn't bring up Little Mac. I, can't, I mean, I that, but I that, one was, that one was serious, man. That one was serious. Hell yes. Oh, that my God. I can't believe I forgot about Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. And you know that, that game came out when Mike when Mike Tyson was like an icon in boxing. So oh no yeah, question, that shit was crazy. That was crazy. 
That was so crazy. No, Mike, Mike, Tyson, Mike, 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 Mike Tyson ran boxing out. at that time. Yep. 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 He ran That's boxing crazy. at the time, so. But yeah, it, and, and we man, we could honestly, we probably we could probably do and them to have a show on on just those kind of games, man. Those those games, are some great yeah. sports games. Um, somebody on Twitter mentioned, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, a uh, fight night round three. Fight night was another good uh, boxing yeah, game. Uh, uh, hey, um, yo, video games. Do, yo, did you guys ever me... get into like the soccer? I never could get into soccer. You guys ever got into soccer games? No, nah. nah. but yo, okay, yo, fight night. Tennis, what you about to say, people? What you say, Ken? Yeah, people about to say something. Yo, all I was going to say is, um, yo, Fight Night. Fight Night mm-hmm. is my shit. Fight Night. Look, there's only two people in this whole, in my whole existence that ever gave me competition. One of them <laughs> is on the phone tonight. <laughs> He is a fight night dude, man. Because everybody I play, I knock them the hell out. I play, I'm like, yo, you got chill, bitch. That's what's up. Yo, it is only one other person, dog. Everybody else, I whoop they ass. There's only two people I know. Steve will be pissed when he's playing me. He's like, God damn it, man. I can't get... I can't get comfortable with you, man. You can knock everybody out. I was like, nah, yeah, man. Man, <laughs> no, that, man, that is that is the ultimate right there. When you when you when you know you're good, and then you come up against competition that you like. Okay, I, I got to step my game up a little bit here. Yeah, that is yeah. the ultimate right there. I, I, I just remember, like, play. you know, even in college, you, you're playing against guys in the dorm and stuff like that. Like I said, guys want to play. I, I don't even want to play for money. Bragging rights was just much more important to me than, than playing for money. Anything. Because I want to be able to, like I said, I want to be competitive. I want to be able to know that I beat you. Um, and so we got about we got about four minutes left in the show. We got time for one more question. Um, you got, we, we're all big basketball fans. We're all big basketball players. You guys hoop on a regular. Um, and I'm going to start with you, FIFO. Uh, since you're the point guard, which would you rather happen to you on a basketball court? Getting hit with a crossover that might make you fall or getting dunked on? Getting dunked on. Because it's supposed to happen. <laughs> I'm five, six. You're supposed to dunk on me, but you're not supposed to cross me over, though. <laughs> right. So so I'll take the dunk on. Because I can't, you know. You know what? Honestly, when I was younger, I used to get up a little bit. So I would have said neither back in my day, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't get more than like five inches up off the ground now. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool. What about you, B? Which one? Which one are you taking? You you want to get dunked on, or you want to get the crossover? I, I, it's funny. I think I might go opposite from FIFO because, like, you know, I've got crossed before, but I I was able to recover and still either get the strip or, or, or you know, block the shot from behind or something. Or if they cross me over, they don't make the shot. That crossover mm-hmm. don't mean nothing if you ain't finishing. But with a dunk, it's a good shit. The dunk, you're getting finished on. And you're getting pointed right, at. Right, right, right. You're getting right. laughed at. I mean, you're going to get laughed at if you get crossed over. But like I said, when you get crossed up or whatever, you're like, oh, he got you. But then you don't finish. Guess what? That crossover don't mean nothing. Like if Iverson didn't make that jump shot, him crossing over Jordan don't mean nothing. But you getting dunked on, that's poster child. I don't want to be a poster. I don't want to be on somebody's <laughs> wall. I, I don't want to be up on somebody's wall where you're going to be remembered at forever. You know, like, I don't want to be Brandon Knight on, the, on DeAndre Jordan. I don't, I, <laughs> right, I, oh, you know no. what I'm saying? <laughs> you, know, okay. you know, I, you know I, I'm, a, I'm a point guard, so of but course. But 
Of what? The beast. But Brandon Knight got hit up by Kyrie Irving in the same year. And to me, Kyrie's was damn near. They was both. No, matches. no. Not like DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan is a poster, people. Like, Brandon Knight is on someone's wall. He was he's yeah, on the he wall. Yeah, he's on a wall. Yeah. He's on a, he, he was on my uh he was on my uh laptop wall on my de- on my laptop screen <laughs> for a minute. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a Piston fan. So I was like, Oh my god. But I wasn't I don't got I don't got screenshots of Kyrie Urban crossing over Brandon Knight. That I don't wanna be on nobody's poster. And plus like yeah, you like, I, like you said, people, I'm checking the guard, so yeah, guard's gonna be fast, so there's gonna be some times where I'm gonna get caught, you know, like, oh shit, like bam, bam. But guess what? It'd be times where I got crossed up. Well, I got turned around, and but guess what? Strip, fast break, layup. Okay, bam. He crossed me over, but I still, you know, recovered. So I don't want to be a poster. I'd rather get crossed over. Okay, we got we got about 60 seconds. Ken, what, 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 what you got? Which one would you take? I'll take the crossover. You're not yamming on me. Yeah. <laughs> You're not yamming on me. I'm, I'm going to yeah, knock huh? you out the ground. I'm going to yeah. take you out. I'm grabbing by the yeah. waist. This is not going to happen. No, I, I used to tell I'm, I'm like people. I'm five seven, so I tell them, "Hey, man, you, you, I, I, I didn't want nobody to dunk on me back in the day, but I did one time get crossed over like that in the gym. Man, I'm just so glad with no cameras in there, man, because I was stumbling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man! Uh, once again, want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, make sure that you check out our website, DeadEndSports.com. Make sure that you listen to the show, BlogTalkRadio.com backslash DeadEndSports. Hit us up on Twitter, at Dead End Sports. Um, for Ken, for FIFO, for B, uh, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll holler at you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Peace out.